right, everybody. Um, this is Passport Playlist. We are getting a 17-minute late start. Yes. Uh, <laughs> because we had a little bit of a technical difficulty, maybe a little bit of a bummer, but this is what happened when you have two blonde DJs. Uh, but we're... thank goodness for the WSC engineer, John George, who called us immediately, hacked into our computer, gave us about 12 signs that we promptly ignored that yeah. there was an issue. Talks so for... if y'all heard dead air... I'm very, very sorry. We were talking. We were talking. We were giving y'all a show. We were having a good time. But you know what? (laughs) We can do it all one more time. (laughs) Let's see. All right. What were we talking about? We were having our little new segment. Yeah. As we we like to do with Passport Playlist since we are an international uh, theme show. We have got a little story for you about Brexit. Yay. Oh, boy. We love Brexit. Just kidding. We don't. At least not personally. Some people do. But, um, so Brexit officially happened. I think it was Thursday or Friday night. It was recent, yeah. It was pretty late at night, too. They did it at, like, 10 p.m. or something like that. From <laughs> they what were waiting. I know. Yeah, they were waiting. But, um, one of the really negative effects of Brexit is that, so far, it has, um, created a lot of racial tension. Because some people say that they want it for, you know, economic reasons to break away from the EU. Some people want to do it because they're a little bit xenophobic, if we're honest. Um, But so one of the things is that it's kind of emboldened a lot of xenophobes and racists into leaving doing things like leaving notes on people's doors in their apartments, saying things like Happy Brexit Day. Uh, and talking about how people, they will not be tolerating people speaking in any languages other than English now. That's just so terrible. And you have that even really here, is. too. And it's like... Yes. And, like, it's just so sad because these people are becoming so emboldened now. And they were talking about things like, oh, yeah, there will totally be laws passed against speaking anything other than English now. Which, um, personally, I doubt. Yeah, that's I not going to happen. happen. But it's just, it's really making some people bold. But at the same time, the good thing is that it's kind of creating another community of people who are just working very hard to combat this whole thing and really just create a more loving accepting environment for everybody yeah that's like the silver lining in it better community kind of like exactly stay stronger through this time yeah what's your piece of news so this is about the pope the pope he's always up to something he is so recently a 19th century vatican palace was turned into a homeless shelter Mm -hmm. at his request. So before this palace was used typically for women who are religious, they might have been single mothers, mm-hmm. and that is great. And they were relocated to a different building. Mm-hmm. And because they relocated, some people were thinking, oh, turn it into a hotel, you know, commercialize it a bit, and mm-hmm. you can get a lot of money. But the Pope said, no, nah. we're not doing <laughs> that. He opened it up for the homeless, and they would have bedrooms and bathrooms different than the previous mm-hmm. shelters. Yeah. And because it's through him, you don't have outside organizations, you know, trying to collect coin and money on it. Yeah, trying to profit from it. Exactly. You know, is it bad that the first thing that I thought of when I heard of that was he pulled a Mia Thermopolis from Princess Diaries? Oh, my God. <laughs> or the second one, to be specific. Oh, my God. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. But she opened her castle for the orphans. Yes. Her second castle. It's just... Maybe the Pope watches Princess Diaries. Maybe he does. Maybe he got inspired. Yeah. He was like, hey, that's a good idea. I can't blame him. I would not judge, because that's a good movie. I've watched it many a time during mental breakdowns. It's either that or dye your hair, so... Uh-huh. Yeah. And the Pope said, beauty heals... Which is Aww. so nice because the palace is gorgeous, and a yeah. lot of people were not expecting homeless people to be living in there. Yeah, but and um, it's so important to have something like that, access to that, to showers, to lots of things, yeah. to resources, somewhere to eat, because it's such like a vicious cycle when you're homeless, you know? Exactly. Because like everybody's out like, oh, why don't you just go get a job? But it's so difficult when you don't have access to a shower. You don't feel confident enough to go to a job interview. You don't have the resources you need. If you're trying to find out where your next meal is coming from, it's going to be difficult to find a job and then maintain a job until you get paid. And also, these shelters, if they're so crowded, then, like, sickness can spread easy, you know, any fights. It it becomes a big mess. Mm -hmm. So this was just such a good thing to do. Made me feel all warm inside. I yeah. was like, oh, I'm really fussy. Yeah, well, I'm about to, stri- to destroy that feeling. Um, oh no! Because I have news about Ecuador's LGBTQ community. 
Um, and sadly, in 2019, it saw it's seen its deadliest year in over a decade. Oh my god! Um, since they started Object. keeping tally, uh, since they started keeping tallies in 2010 on uh, LGBTQ related deaths. Mm. Um, and so these are, there have been 16 murders or violent deaths involving people from the LGBTQ community who were targeted for their identity. Oh. Um, and the majority of those were transgender women, transgender mm. women of color. And I feel like that was so important to talk about because that's even such a huge issue here, you know? Um, it's just so important to talk about because yeah. black transgender women are so targeted. Like, if you look statistically at the amount of, like, the type of women that are targeted the most by violence, it is black transgender women and indigenous women. So, mm. guys, just a little PSA. If you guys have friends who are black transgender women or indigenous women or just, like, really women for that, any women for that matter, but, like, particularly them, like, keep your eye out, you know? Yeah. Watch out. And I wonder why it rose this year past year like what sparked that i don't know i think there's been a lot of like global leaders mm. coming that kind of emboldened people like that who yeah. have said things and just kind of given a voice to those types of communities yeah and especially with social media it's mm-hmm. a lot easier to be a lot meaner nowadays exactly but yeah so my second piece of news mm-hmm. um it's not that not a sad. Yeah. It's I about- gave you all the uppers. <laughs> I gave you all the happy ones and kept the really sad ones for myself. Oh, no. <laughs> this is about um, an Egyptian artifact from the Bronze Age that was found off the coast of Israel. Mm-hmm. So a 55-year-old veterinarian man was swimming through the Mediterranean Sea, um, as as you do. Yeah, just casually. And he passes, there. <laughs> passes by in anger from Egypt that I was covered in hieroglyphics. <laughs> And he recognized it and dove down to, like, inspect it and touch it. And he was like, yeah, I, I know what this is yeah. somehow. And it's over 3,000 years old, and it has different Ooh. Egyptian um, carvings on it, along with a goddess of writing and mm-hmm. reading. Part of her face was on it. Ooh. And cool. it's been preserved by the sand, so it hasn't been eroded. Yeah. It's so surprising. Yeah. And it says the slab was actually recycled because part mm-hmm. of it's, like, cut off. So mm-hmm. it was part of another wall, shrine, mm-hmm. yeah. How for this goddess. Deep. Do you think that man had to dive and to be able to just find an anchor? He's fifty-five years old and a veterinarian. Like he's yeah, uh, <laughs> he's already doing like he's doing so much better in his life than I am in mine. Like he's got a stable job. <laughs> he's probably making money. He's like he fa- daily he's exercising in the Mediterranean Thanks. Sea. Like I will never be that like. I feel successful. Accomplished. I will never be thriving like that. When I like jump into a pool and I hit like the deep end of like a seven foot pool and yeah. I touch it, I'm like, yeah, I, I don't did do that. that. I like, oh, stick no. to the shallow end. Like I can swim. I am not good at it. <laughs> I just like stick to the shallow end. I actually do have a friend though. You'll never find. my age. She wears like floaties. No. She still wears floaties. They're She'll like Nemo floaties. <laughs> <laughs> She'll never find a hieroglyphic yeah. anchor now. She'll never find one. Well, maybe she will. We've taught her to swim a little bit, but it's kind of the blind leading the blind. None of us are very good at it. So we're just like, well, you kick. Yeah. And like, you and go like that. So funny is arms. that there was literally an excavating crew near where this man found it, but they just hadn't <laughs> moved up yet. And they were looking for a while. Then he basically calls them up and says, hey, I think I found something. And I they were like. I was about to say. Like, yeah. They're like, we're about to go over there. If like, how do you know who to call? When you find one of those things. Like, if I just casually found, like, an anchor in Lake Murray, and I was like, ooh, this looks Egyptian. Would you keep it? What? I don't think I could pull an anchor up. I think I would not be good at that. I do not have the upper body strength Mm. or the swim skills. But at the same time, like, I don't know who to call. Do you call the cops? Do you call your local university? I don't know. Who do you call? Also, I find it interesting that they recycled this material. Oh, yeah. Like, they weren't just Absolutely. like, oh, we're going to take down this shrine. They're like, oh, we're going to reuse this. Like, Yeah. Like, how do you decide whose shrines and whose temples to take down? An and like, awkward conversation. Who to, like, piss off from the beyond? Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's okay. But, yeah. So, I think that's all of our news. Uh, that is now our second run-through of the news. <laughs> Because we had the little Bond moment. But it's okay. I've never had that happen in all the time that I've been a DJ. Yeah, I saw, like, the light flashing, and I was like, uh, I mean, 
you know what? Like, I saw, <laughs> yeah, there was a light flashing, which means that the phone call was going off. I'm like, wow, somebody must be really passionate yeah, about the I'll news they're talking someone about. Someone is so excited about this anchor right now. I know. Maybe they found an anchor in Lake Murray. Who knows? That's what you I was thinking. Know. I was like, wow, okay. No, that wasn't it. It was just our, our local John George being a sweetheart and telling me I had messed up. And he was so nice about it, too. But um, we are about to play some music mm-hmm. because we have a guest from mm-hmm. a new country. Very special guest. As we do every week. Very special guest. Um, we will not be telling you where he is from. Ooh, surprise, it's a he. Oh my God. <laughs> You're spoiling it. There. You're spoiling it. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, we're going to play the music and we can see if y'all can guess. Y'all can call in. I do not know the telephone number john george definitely does he had to call me like 12 times but um and then hack into our computer but <laughs> uh yeah y'all can look it up it's on the w uh wsc website if you like you can call in give us your guesses where our guest is from yeah stay Maybe. tuned yeah stay tuned keep it locked on 90.5 all right everyone we are back with passport playlist i'm taking over for dj global spins today Oh, yeah, you're right. Your audio voice. I know. I missed that. All right, and we are here with our guest. I don't know if you could take any guesses, but we're going to kick it right off. And what is your name? My name is Farza Talamithar. Okay, and where are you from? I'm from Iran, or Iran, as the Americans pronounce it. <laughs> uh, what city? Uh, well, I was born in Mashhad. It's a city in, uh, in the eastern part of Tehran, uh, Iran, but we... Moved to Tehran, the capital city, when I was 10. So that's mm-hmm. the city where I, that I consider my hometown. Yeah. All right. And we just heard some songs that you put on the playlist. So can you tell us a bit about them? What inspired you? Oh, they're just uh, some of my favorite songs. Uh, my, my, my favorite singers. And mm-hmm. they are from, like, representative of different eras. And one of them was from, like, the 80s. One of them was... Uh, uh, hip hop band Ooh. that I really like, mm-hmm. and the the last one was the son of one of Iran's um, uh, like traditional music m- maestros. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, and uh, I really like them. Are they like big heartthrobs there? Uh, uh the, like for like p- if people like them, that's mm-hmm. the question. Yeah, I would say. I'm not sure about like these specific songs, but all the artists are really um, are really popular. Um, it's weird that all the male voices are at the beginning. A lot of like female voices are afterward, um, mm. so they're not all male voices. I <laughs> 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 yeah. Got a good mix going on. Yeah. All right. So yeah. All right. So currently, um, what is your occupation or position at the University of South Carolina? I am an instructor of French Ooh. at the University of South Carolina in the Department of Languages, Literatures, and Cultures. How long have you been speaking French? Oh. <laughs> uh, mm, uh, let's see. Probably 12, 13 years. Wow. Yeah. I took French, and then I went up to Quebec, and that's a different. It's Canadian French, uh-huh, and uh-huh. I was I was gone <laughs> in the water. There's... I could not understand a lot of it. So you went to live there or just travel? Uh, I visited there. Visited. I visited there a couple times. And I yeah. could understand like boards and everything, but speaking with people was a little bit different. And, you know, the high school education French that I was taught was not notwithstanding it. Uh-huh. No, yeah. Um, they, they speak a different, uh, different, I mean, slightly different accent. Um, mm. But it's interesting because some of the shows that they have and they like broadcast them on TV5 Monde uh, on this like French international um, TV channel, they subtitle them. Although it's like um, they put subtitles on them. Do so. you watch like French like shows like in French? I watch a lot of French films. Yeah. Uh huh. Can you give me a recommendation? I like watching. <laughs> I like watching international movies. Well, you could ask DJ yeah. Voyager. Why, you you got some. I uh, actually took his course last semester on French film, and it was pretty cool for the most part. There were a couple movies. I will not talk about them because they're not radio appropriate, (laughs) but we laughed really hard because it was like you accidentally uh, assigned a movie (laughs) that was very not good. And it it was like bad for a French film, and French films in general are just very bad. 
Oh, like not <gasps> not quality, quality. I'm talking about like morality to an American because we're all Puritans in French people's eyes. Oh, how are you gonna just drag all of the French <laughs> movies? Us no, like they're no, all no. bad. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how you passed that course. I didn't know oh. this opinion. Oh, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm not saying they were bad as in quality. It's like they were like controversial. Yeah, to an American, it was it was hard it was very difficult not difficult to watch but it was shocking you know i think that's pretty interesting yeah i, I like it because american movies always have like the hero who has to live in the end saves the day gets the girl not yeah <laughs> i like in foreign movies you don't have that structure no. But I would be happy to give you a non-controversial film recommendation. I'll uh, take any <laughs> films, you know? Mm-hmm. That's what I can do instead of studying. So. <laughs> All right. So why did you want to come to the U.S. or specifically USC? Um, well, I came to the U.S. to uh, go to grad school. And there mm. were um, uh, graduate programs in the U.S. are very... Um, good in the sense that they professionalize you at the same time that you're like taking courses and writing your dissertation they prepare you for becoming either an academic or any um field that you want to go and they offer like uh funding (laughs) while doing your i mean compared to um to a graduate degree that i wanted to do in um in France. Really? Uh, yeah. I mean, there the, the college is free, but mm. uh, you don't have uh, any sort of stipend or uh, financial support. And also, like, the quality of the American schools are, uh, is very Yeah. Like, what kind of, what schools were you looking at? Um, well, I kind of... Uh, um, submitted my applications a little bit late, so there were only <laughs> a couple of options, and I got into the University of Iowa. Interesting. In Iowa City, yeah. And I was there, I did my graduate, my PhD there, and then we moved to, that's where I um, met my wife, oh. and we went both mm. to grad school there, and then we graduated at the same time, and we were looking for, she's an academic also, mm-hmm. and um, we both got uh, positions at the University of South Carolina. Aww. So that's how we ended up here. Yeah. That's so cute. <laughs> um, it has it had its own challenges, but it's we're here now. <laughs> so do you consider any other occupations? Like for the future or? Or like both. You know, when you first graduated, thinking. we were like, you know, just going wherever you wanted. Or did you have like a plan in mind? Like, I want to do this, this, this. Mostly when um, you do a graduate degree in uh, in the humanities, mm-hmm. you are really like prepared for an academic. Um, the, the the path, the career path is uh, academic. Mm. But when I was younger, I also considered becoming a writer. And oh. so like um, becoming an academic and professor was my uh, second choice. Have you uh, written anything? A lot of like diaries, but (laughs) 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 But, um, yeah, I and ironically, my first uh, the first piece that I ever published Mm -hmm. was in English. Interesting. Uh, I wrote a short story called uh, "Le Suicide de Monsieur F." And then, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, it's something embarrassing when you look back at it. But that's (laughs) when that was my first piece of writing, uh, like. Uh, fiction or um, non-academic writing that was published. Do you still write? Uh, less, <laughs> uh, less. Um, but uh, yeah. So the 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 things that I never wrote or published in Farsi or in French mm. and or any other language, and that was like the first one was in English, which in retrospect is very interesting. That is really that. interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, yeah. So currently, what do you like most about your job here? (laughs) (laughs) There are too many things that I like about my job. Uh, um, I think I really um, appreciate um, teaching to the students and being in the classroom. Ooh, that's a shout out for you. Yay! It was absolutely not me. I talked the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) You're probably on your phone. No, (laughs) not often. But, <laughs> yeah, let's see. Um, that one. So, 
aside from that, like, what was your first impression when coming to the U.S.? Uh, yeah. Um, my first impression. Well, I remember in the. Mm, uh, I posted something to Facebook, and the mm -hmm. thing that I'd written was that I felt like, uh, what's the story that Jack and the Magic Bean or Oh, Jack and the Beanstalk. The Beanstalk, yeah. So it was like Jack mounting um, mm -hmm. above the clouds, and everything w was like tripled in size. Oh, so yep. everything was larger. The, yep. the, the, the cops, the mob, yep. mugs, and. Um, so that was that was one of the very very concrete and immediate uh, impressions. The cars and the roads and everything was like larger and stuff. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like I one time had a dance exchange student come stay with me, mm -hmm. and we took her out to eat. And the first thing she was like, "Oh my god, this plate is huge! Yeah. Like, there's so much on it." And that's all I've known. But is there any weird aspect of American culture that um, you just can't really get used to, or you don't understand? Uh, yes. Uh, one thing that I can't get used to is like um, TV screens being present everywhere. Really? Uh, yeah. And um, I don't think like it's as if um, like sometimes I get on the on the treadmill at the gym and mm -hmm. then when I change the speed, the, you know, the, the screen uh, yeah. comes on and then I like subconsciously I start watching and then yep. I someone well I don't want to watch I, I'm, I'm, I'm here to just disconnect and you know relax so I turn it off and then I when I change the speed again it comes on you know Interesting. Uh, that's something that a lot of people like you know and it's very like built into their yeah. um, daily lives and they watch shows and they uh, discuss them and that's very good and that's a very good um, topic of small talk for people mm. but I don't I don't get used to that and um, yeah I, Kind of refuse, and that's why a lot of people think I'm a fun hater. <laughs> um, but well, I, I stand my ground. Yeah. Is there any southern culture that's different? Because I'm from New Jersey, and oh, yeah. the food here is definitely different. Collard greens. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. Uh, southern culture. Um, Something that's different from the rest of the U.S. is, uh, you know, ma'am and sir and, you oh, know, the yes. respect. And, I still um, don't get used to that. So I was raised in South Carolina in an elementary school. If you didn't say ma'am and sir, you would get in so much trouble with your teacher. Like, they would bring out the ruler. And depending oh. on your teacher, they might just hit you with it. That's crazy because I went to order food and someone went, here you go, ma'am. And I looked around me. I was like, ma'am, like, <laughs> that's usually you call someone who's older. And I was like, do I look old? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I used, I mean, I went to school in, um, in, in, in Iowa in the Midwest. And th th there's this Midwestern niceness. Yeah. And also, mm -hmm. like, the fact that you're supposed to be, like, um, I don't know if casual is the right word, but you, with uh, with your faculty and your professors, when you're advisor, you're supposed to like go like uh, first name. And, mm. and um, I came from a background of like the French system and mm. very the 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 the, uh, the professor the professor being on a pedestal and being a god to worship. Oh. And <laughs> so and it took me a while to you know get rid of that habit of saying doctor professor. Interesting. Um, I know yeah. in some cultures you're not supposed to like look someone uh, your superior like in the eyes when you talk to them because mm -hmm. that's kind of like you're not on the same level as them. You shouldn't make eye contact. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's kind of interesting to me. So that that is something that uh, that the, that kind of formality here is a little bit different. The food is different. Mm. The weather I love um, <laughs> yeah. compared to Iowa. Um, and have you been to the like driving? The driving. The driving. <laughs> slightly uh, uh, adventurous. Slightly more adventurous oh, than... the highways know. here. <laughs> oh, people run red lights. It's, really? I've seen a lot. Like, I always have to wait an extra five seconds when it turns green because I'm waiting for someone to just mm -hmm. go right through it. Mm -hmm. Have you been to, like, uh, New York or L.A.? Uh-huh. Yeah, yes. the traffic there. And, the, and it's also the culture there is very different as oh, well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, well, I... I 
drove in Tehran for uh, for a long time, and um, you need a special training for driving in that city. <laughs> it's like one; it's crazy. It's really? like it's crazy, and um, <laughs> so. Uh, but when you come to the U.S., you get used to like driving politely and you know, <laughs> uh, friendly waving. Yeah. <laughs> But then you oh, you want to go from Columbia to Charleston, and the road you get on the road is just like <laughs> mayhem. Yeah, People mayhem, drive just yeah. diagonally; uh, they don't even merge. Yeah. I uh, traveled to Bangkok last sem- uh, last spring break, and my God, to an American, that was just insane. But the funny thing was, we saw like no accidents. <laughs> Everybody oh. drew like drove just a super chaotic way, but they were all the exact same fashion. Like everybody knew what each other was doing, and I was like gripping like the handlebar, like nearly dying, just closing my eyes the whole time. But they were really good. They were all in sync. It was just insane. Mm-hmm. I had to pass like a tractor here one time, and I was like, <laughs> I've never had to pass a tractor before. Yeah. I was like, is this street legal? <laughs> Alrighty. So we're now going to play some more music, okay. take a little break, and make sure you keep it locked on 90.5. All right, everybody, we are back with Passport Playlist. Uh, we are here with Farzad from Iran. Um, and let's talk about the songs that we just listened to. We had about four songs. I am not going to pronounce them because I am not going to embarrass myself like that. But if you could tell us a little bit about them and why you chose them. Well, the first uh, one was a German English, and I think it has some French in it too. I thought like it mm-hmm. goes with the spirit, my multilingual spirit and international yeah. spirit. And it is from a film that we watched together at mm-hmm. the Cinecola Festival. Oh, yeah. um, it's the film was called "The Promise of the uh, of Dawn" or of yeah. the Dawn. And good film, definitely recommend. Yeah, and. Uh, it, if you, if you could tell, it was from a scene of dancing, and um, mm-hmm. it was a ballroom. Very jazzy. Uh, yeah. Was it from the scene where he met the woman who would be his wife? I could not tell. Yeah, I don't remember. Because <laughs> um, that's the only time I remember the dancing. Yeah. He didn't even like her in the movie. Like he didn't like the wife, but he just kind of married her. He thought he was. He thought she was too chatty. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, the, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. because that was based on an um, autobiography, and usually mm-hmm. in autobiography, you kind of pat truth. yourself on the back, and <laughs> you uh, you kind of um, <laughs> amplify your. And in that in that film and in that story, he was very um, mm-hmm. arrogant and dismissive. Mm-hmm. Anyways, the second f- the second song. I don't know what it means, but it's Turkish, and I th- really like the voice of the singer mm-hmm. and um, the the kind of parallel of music and sound is very uh, rhythmic, and I like that. Um, the third one is a song by Edith Piaf. I love the, her. <laughs> yeah, she's amazing, and it's called uh, um, "Under Persian Skies." And it's very, um, it has a good feel to it. And um, I thought that I would put it here because it's supposed to reflect my kind of mental. Mm -hmm. um, The crossover. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so I put that. The last one, though, it's uh, from an Iranian hip hop band. We don't have like a lot of good hip-hop bands <laughs> but this is one of the better ones and their lyrics are good and their music is mm-hmm. good um the second song that we listened to at the very beginning called kuche mm-hmm. was also from this band it's called zedbazi and zedbazi means like um being a casanova or being a playboy oh, um, so, okay um it's always a good term to know in any language which one the like Casanova. Yeah, that's always a good term to know. Well, it's a little bit, uh, the, 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 it's a little bit sexist because it has that um, pejorative, um, slangy reference uh, to a female partner, which is that. Oh uh, which yeah. Is like your. Mhm. 
your ex. <laughs> no, not your ex. Your <laughs> I cannot say that. Okay, you know? got you. Uh, so yeah, that's cool. That's really good to know. So, like, what subject do they usually like rap about in hip hop in Iran? Because like a lot of times, like rap and hip hop and stuff in the U.S. is about like ooh, uh, political issues, things like that. Ooh, we accidentally started the CD, but um, it's a lot of like political issues, a lot of um. I guess racism, sexism, depending on like who you hear it from, a lot of oppression. So do they talk about that type of thing in Iran too? It's funny that you should mention it because, um, yeah, like rap is a subversive music in the States and it's like the marginal voices mm-hmm. and the marginal um, uh, minorities. But um, and I think it, mm-hmm. it is true in a lot of countries who have imported rap and hip hop. Mm-hmm. Like this group is a bunch of um, like rich kids who... Uh, kind of talking about yeah we lead this like comfortable life and my dad is rich and you know I mean not this specific song but uh, Mm. I can travel and you have to be at your desk and work your butt off and um, so it's just bragging the whole time yeah and uh, like bragging and I mean the the concept Mm -hmm. of being Casanova uh, means that well I have the means and I have to look and I don't have to work so you know I'm not stressed so I look uh more handsome than others <laughs> so uh, that, is better that is how yeah <laughs> how the mm, the genres and the artistic mm-hmm. genres yeah. transform when when they travel you know because i remember talking with it with my high school french teacher because somebody said oh play some like french rap and she's like i'm not playing that crap because like it's i mean there are like a lot of political issues in france and probably like some rap groups do talk about it, but like not to the same degree yeah, that the U.S. Thing. does. Like they don't, it didn't have the same roots exactly. as us, you know. Um, but okay, getting back to the interview. Uh, so we were we left off talking about like weird things about American culture and stuff like that. Have you found yourself like adopting any American habits that like you wouldn't have had had you not lived in the U.S. I I I uh I think that's a yes. <laughs> I, it is a yes, but I also like I'm very selective and um, self uh, very aware about what mm-hmm. practices and habits I ad- ad- adapt to or I uh, assimilate to. Um, some of the good habits that I have here is like working out, which is mm-hmm. like much more um, important part of like a uh, american way of life totally um, a part of my life yeah <laughs> <laughs> completely but there is that one was that sarcastic yes that okay, was very okay, sarcastic okay. <laughs> i cannot bench anything uh, oh i remember in high school and gym they tried to make me bench like weights i could barely do the bar <laughs> but it's fine it's fine that well, thing's like 45 pounds alone that's the bar heavy. that's so heavy uh-huh. Okay, you're laughing at me. That's fine, but whatever. Back no. to American habits. Yeah, so the working out, which some of Americans don't 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 <laughs> do apparently, and um, I've got really used to the American material comfort and um, um, you know, like, uh, well, yeah, well, yeah, and also having a large, comfortable car and having mm. a spacious living yeah. space and. Um, so I just have a question. So social media is a really big influencer here. Like that's a job mm-hmm. title now. Is that as big as in Iran? Yes. Like, yeah, they yes. have like big like YouTube or like social media stars that like basically everyone follows, like food trends, like what they wear. Mm-hmm. Yes, people. Yes, um, the the startup culture and all that comes. Uh, although the platforms kind of vary because um, like all the social media are not. All of them, but most of them are by default filtered. Mm. So the Iranians can they, they they have to access them using VPNs and stuff, which everyone does. But that makes some of them more and some of them less popular for public. So Instagram is huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Facebook is going instinct. Um, <laughs> extinct, yeah. extinct. Same for here. Yeah. I generally go on Facebook to like catch up with like my parents and like my parents (laughs) friends actually i do have like one friend who is my age and like 
she's one of my best friends. We talk through Facebook pretty much mm-hmm. completely, but that's the most I mm-hmm. use it for. Yeah. Uh, so to yeah to answer your question, uh, they're big, but they also have other uh, other um, social media. Um, they're like f- phone chat services, like. Mm-hmm. Um, WhatsApp. There's yeah. one mm-hmm. similar to it. it's called Telegram, and that is very popular in Iran because it's very safe, and they have huge groups, uh, chat groups like four thousand, five thousand, where they do Ooh. their advertising. Oh my god! And, um, uh, I'm trying to make plans in that group chat. Oh my god! Don't even get me started. And we have one actually here um, for w- uh, I've created it. And it's called Persian Cola. Oh, <laughs> and um, when I wanted to put this playlist together, I um, asked the question, okay, guys, what is your Aww. favorite? Are there any music that could be representative of our, col- of our like, culture? And then that was opening a Pandora's box because we had like Everybody. very, um, very diverging, uh, divergent uh, opinions. And I said, and well, some of these are really good and some of them are real nostalgic. I really love them, but they don't really translate well for like non-Iranian uh, listeners. Uh, so, yeah. Well, that's sweet. You know, if you always want to add more on to the uh, playlist that you've given us, we do tend to like make a little Spotify playlist of all the songs. And then we like to post it on our Instagram on Passport Playlist. So you can always add a few more and then we can just put the link on our thing and everybody can get their voice heard from the persia cola okay. yeah per- persian persian cola persian cola so like how do you find people to add to that like anytime you find anybody who's around like iranian you're just like hey give me your phone like i'm gonna add you to the chat well it used to be like that uh, especially in like graduate student um mm-hmm. period of our lives but now we we're more selective so mm-hmm. we reach a manageable number of like 10 12 people and then that's that's oh really okay so that becomes one of your go-to groups some people have different like circles well do you have any like products that you're missing like from iran like okay sometimes we ask people this question and they're like i like miss my friends i miss these people i'm like no we're looking for material things Mm -hmm. like we are america we're material like you said Mm -hmm. we're very commercial things like I went to France and like I miss like the Evian waters that they have like that are flavored. They're really cute. <laughs> are there any like snacks in particular? Oh yeah, food. Oh yeah, food is a big one. Uh yes, yes. So the like I would I wouldn't say snacks, but the 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 food staples mm-hmm. in Iran, bread and rice. Carbs mm. are huge. They're very. I important. love that so much. Bread is so big everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Like right here, it's prepackaged. You got a grocery store. Like they have bakeries everywhere else, uh-huh. and I uh-huh. really want that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then, um, I mean, I'm, I might be a little bit biased about this, but the best bread in the world comes from Iran. And it's just like they have different types of breads, and they're like the not the French type breads. Uh, they're mm-hmm. like pitas. They're large, uh, really? huge pitas. Mm-hmm. And then you get those for cheap, mm-hmm. um, for starters, and also um, you get them fresh. Oh so you go to the bakery, <laughs> and they're like traditional looking, they're um, traditional style, and you have to actually wait in line because they're all handmade. It's not a machine oh or anything. So my favorite is called Sangak, and my wife actually likes it a lot too. And uh, it's very difficult to get it here, but it's you have a huge like uh, furnace, and it's covered with small pebbles. Ooh. And they... Um, like throw fire like they direct fire on the pebbles and mm-hmm. they heat them and then they kind of remove the fire so the the pebble is still hot and then they put the dough on uh, on the pebble so it's indirect heat and mm-hmm. then when the and, and then the miracle happens <laughs> you, get, you take the bread out that, it's really so that is one of the things i really miss that sounds like one of those videos you would see on instagram like i always see uh videos of people making food from different mm-hmm. countries mm-hmm. and it'll just look so good and then i have to go out and eat like ramen <laughs> <laughs> but it's fine <laughs> so totally well, cool uh, there is um this um who was this chef who had took his own life recently oh um, um anthony, anthony uh, bourdain? Bourdain. Bourdain. Anthony bourdain bourdain he did an episode in iran really uh, yeah it's on youtube and uh, he oh, 
he did a, he did justice to to mm-hmm. Iran. It was not like glorifying for no reason, or it was not like uh, political or anything. It was food and culture, and it was very uh, objective, I would say, but um, very interesting. He had a mm-hmm. time, so that that That's show you really could cool. watch. If I totally want to watch yeah. that. Is there any like kind of like material product or something that you've gotten in the U.S. and you're just like, ah, oh, yes, thank God I came to America so I could try this. Like, for example, my uh, brother's in Thailand right now, and his girlfriend loves SpaghettiOs <laughs> and Nutter Butters. Mm-hmm. She loves, or is it Nutty Buddies? I don't know. The one that's like the wafer with the peanut butter in the middle Nutter and the butter. chocolate on top. Nutter Butters? Yeah. yeah, she loves those. So we will like send packages of just SpaghettiOs and Nutter, butter, or Nutter Butters. I can't tell about food, but uh, still a consumer product. I I'm really I, when I came here, I was really excited for basketball shoes because really? I, I, I used to play basketball. You know, yeah, and we had to pay so much money for like oh. crappy shoes back then, and um, it was really difficult to get your hand on like good Nikes or Adidas. Mm. And here I had the like Lombard du Choix. I had so many choices. Yeah, <laughs> so that and. Uh, what else? Yeah. Yeah, mainly basketball shoes. Basketball shoes. Yeah. So I can't. I can't. Because uh, my friends make fun of me because I refuse to wear sneakers. Like I'll wear Converse's and that's it. Like I, I wear combat sneakers. boots or like <laughs> flats or something, but I refuse to wear them. Is it I, a question of style or? I just I just don't like. There's so much more. They're they're not comfortable yes, to me are. and. I also don't like the appeal. I don't know. It doesn't look good on me. It looks good on some people. It really does. It is not for me. <laughs> but um, have you visited any other countries besides the U.S. and Iran? I've been to the UAE um, for a rather extended um, period. I've been to Turkey. I've been to France. Have you been to Cappadocia in Turkey? No. I want Istanbul. to go there. That's probably one of the top places on my bucket list. Really? Yeah, I want to see all the hot air balloons. I know that's really, like, corny, but, like, it would be so cool. Mm -hmm. They send Mm -hmm. so many up every day. Yeah, Turkey is is cool. Um, Mm -hmm. I've been to Canada, which Uh, is, That's basically just the America 2.0, yeah. Um, Yeah. I've been to Mexico. Wow, you've been pretty abroad. You've been Mm. everywhere. Uh... (laughs) Global Spins is showing me, or Global Spins 2.0 is showing me <laughs> her sweatshirt that says oh, wow. Niagara Falls, Canada. <laughs> my mom's. Oh, she stole it from her mom. That's sweet. Shout out to Global Spins 2.0's mom for letting her steal the sweater. But, um, so I have to, like, that's so cool. You've been to, like, so many different places. Americans, we don't get to travel very much because we're so far from everything. But where in the UAE did you go? I went to um, Abu Dhabi and the du- and Dubai, Dubai and Abu Dhabi. Oh, that's that cool. looks so beautiful in photos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a few friends who go there, and they're always like, "Come visit," and I'm like, "I want to. Trust me, I really do." But um, okay, so what states have you been to? Okay, let's see. I've been to New York. I've been to Venice. South Carolina. I've been to Iowa, <laughs> Nebraska. Colorado, um, California. California. Ooh, what parts of California? Uh, we, uh, it was not a long trip, but we went to SoCal, um, San Diego, LA, and then we drove to San Francisco. Did you get to see any national parks? Uh, in the U.S. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Kangaroo. Congaree. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I could guess that counts. Uh, I've seen yeah. that too. Um, I've been to uh, the, is it called the Garden of the Gods or something like that? And Ooh, I haven't heard of that one, but that yeah, sounds really I think cool. It's in, it's in Colorado, Garden of the Gods or something like that. Yeah. Colorado is very nice. I really like all the mountains. <laughs> I went there one time for a um, wedding and I think I was like, I had to lay down for like a whole day because I was just getting acclimated. Oh to how high everything was compared to South Carolina. And I think I tried, I either heard of somebody like, trying to cook something from Col- like from South Carolina, 
like it was the grandmother of the bride. She came from like North Carolina, South Carolina area. And so she tried to cook something in Colorado and the elevation was so much higher. It like totally messed up the recipe, which you don't know because like (laughs) geographical like location will change the recipe and like how long you had to bake things or what temperature because like it will like cause things like to not rise or something. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. But what is your least favorite state you've been to? We hear Florida a lot. (laughs) Florida? Oh, well, I've never been to Florida. My least favorite? South Carolina. (laughs) Uh, Kentucky. 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 Yeah, Uh, yeah, I can't blame you. I've never been to Kentucky, but I can't imagine much. Not like no shade to anybody from Kentucky. Yeah. But like, I just I just know the fried chicken. That's about (laughs) it. Like that's all. Which is important, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I think we're gonna jump into a little bit of spot um our playlist, and we will be right back. I think. Well, no, I'm not going to try to pronounce that. I'm not going to do that to myself. But, all right, we'll be right back. Keep it locked. All right, everybody, you are listening to 90.5 in uh, WSC and HD1 Columbia. You are back with Passport Playlist. Our uh, guest today is Farzad Salamafar from Iran. And we are going to hop back in for the last five minutes of our interview with some nice speed round questions. Mm-hmm. Um, don't worry, you don't have to answer them quickly. But uh, so one thing that we like to ask is if anybody was going to Iran for vacation, like what parts, like what are some like really beautiful places in Iran to go? Okay. Um all of Iran is very beautiful, mm-hmm. and something that might be a misconception here is that Iran is a, con- a four-season country. So at mm-hmm. any point of the year where uh, where if you go to Iran, you could have all four seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes like a one hour of flight or mm-hmm. like six hours of drive to, to go to. Uh, some of the favorite parts of Iran are mm-hmm. the northern part of Iran, which is very... Uh, lush with forests mm-hmm. and very um, uh, very nice uh, mo- temperate weather. It's by the Caspian Sea, mm-hmm. and yeah. Um, and then uh, we have one of the like hottest points on Earth, which is the the desert. And a lot of people go and you know explore that desert. Um, at the, there are very nice desert mm-hmm. tours. Uh, let's see. We have a couple of uh, several his- very historical cities called Shiraz, like mm-hmm. the wine, the, like the Ooh. red wine Shiraz, and apparently the name comes from that city mm-hmm. uh, because the vine comes from that city and it, mm-hmm. it has been transplanted in Australia or something. So, oh. and then there is Isfahan and a lot of like these historic cities with a lot of like monuments, mostly mosques and uh, mm-hmm. good food, good really? food. Like the bread foods. that you were telling us about? Yes, that is national, but then we have regional, <laughs> yeah. um, regional uh, food, which is very diverse yeah. and all of them are good. That sounds really good. I'm so jealous. I, I've got to go back and either eat ramen or what my roommates cook, <laughs> and my roommates don't use salt or anything else. I want, I've told this story before, but like I had a roommate who made a curry that he used, his words was uh, flavor neutral. <laughs> and <laughs> he had the gall to ask me to try it. And I, I tried it because I'm nice, but oh man, I just, I can't forget that. Um, oh, wow. So I'm just extremely jealous. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, honestly, College just makes you so grateful for, like, food from home. Oh, yeah. That's so true. Oh, yeah. Your parents cooking. Absolutely. And you definitely had to feel that, like, from being, like, in grad school mm-hmm. in, like, Iowa, just, like, missing everything. Because I feel like there are probably not that many good Iranian restaurants. No. <laughs> around. Uh, mostly, the, the Iranian food is a homemade food. It's not a very yeah. good restaurant-made food. But, um, but we have other restaurants here in the U.S., so... Yeah, that's true. Other types of food. Do you like any, like, fast food chains around here? Like, In-N-Out or, like... That's not around here, but that is. Cook like out. Cookout, <laughs> Bojangles, uh-uh. Popeyes. Popeyes. <laughs> Popeyes? I would, I would go with Popeyes and then, <laughs> uh, yeah. Guilty Pleasure, Popeyes, and Zestos. Zestos? Yeah. Zestos is very good. Zestos is local. I think it... Um, yeah. DJ Global Spins is a freshman and not off a of campus, so you probably don't know that. I didn't. I don't think I learned about it till like my second semester, 
as a freshman, and that's because I had a friend who lived off campus. But um, yeah, I really like it. I feel like if anybody's in Columbia and you haven't tried Zestos, I definitely recommend it. Yeah. You know? It's very good. In and we're not commissioned by them. They don't pay no. us. To we're not. I'm trying very desperately yeah. not to like command anybody to go. But um, yeah, I'll take money. But um, <laughs> I could always use it. Buy some more ramen. But uh, so overall, what would you like for listeners to like take away from this interview about Iran? Like any misconceptions that you would like cleared, or just something that you would just like them to know about Iran? Well, I don't know if I've uh, had any revelatory comments or no. like to revolutionize anyone's opinions, but just like uh, Iranians are yeah. like people like the rest of the world. And they're just like, um, they, they, they're they a little bit annoyingly nice. <laughs> and they're like, they have this, you know, aggressive kindness that if you go and, you know, if, if, if you ha- ask anyone who's been to Iran, like, I don't um, want to, like, bring up the, like, political or um, mm-hmm. all the, like, um, media, you mm-hmm. know, tropes and stuff. But just, like, f- 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 focusing on people and um, talking about the people, I reassure you they're one of the nicest mm-hmm. people. And they're just, like, it's a it's yeah. a cool country. They're very hospitable. Yeah. Just like the South, you yeah. know? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And they tend to express their hospitality and affection for you with food. So really? that's, that's like good. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so sweet. Are they like, like, like Americans where they like their personal space or are they like most other cultures where they're like hug or like very physical, very physical, very physical. You uh, kiss people on the cheeks, you shake hands every mm-hmm. time, every day you meet each other. You Everyone see each other. else does well, that. Co-workers and really? high schoolers and at school and stuff. I mean, right now, maybe with the coronavirus, the maybe a little less, different. <laughs> yeah, a little less. And, um, but yeah, very physical mm-hmm. and, um, very expressive yeah um, so yeah. oh well that's just really good to know thank you so much for coming on um usually uh dj king lizard would come on now but i think uh his show has been canceled for today but he should be back next week um should all go well but i'm going to go ahead and put the station in automation and hopefully soon we will have another show coming up uh thank you very much for tuning in to wse in HD1 Columbia. Keep it locked.